Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, Episode 70, How to Use Truncate Silence and Sound Smarter with Audacity. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the podcast where I talk about how to podcast and how to use Audacity. This is where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And today's episode will be quite focused on Audacity. However, what I'm going to tell you you can do in Audacity, you can also do in Adobe Audition, and a couple other audio editors have similar tools. So I will get to that in a moment. But first, let me remind you, check out the website over at theaudacitytopodcast.com, and I am looking for some information for an upcoming episode. I want to talk about privacy policies for podcasters, the PPPP, Privacy Policy for Podcasters. Yeah, PPP. I want to know Have you had any experience with privacy policies? Do you use a privacy policy? Do you think it's necessary? If you have special legal experience with privacy policies and would like to be a guest on that podcast episode, please contact me. Anyone who has any kind of feedback for that, though, is welcome to contact me through the feedback means feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com or go to theaudacitytopodcast.com and click the send a voice message link and tab, or you can call in to 903-231-2221. That may be next week's theme of privacy policy, or it might wait until a later date. But I look forward to sharing that with you because it's something that I think we podcasters need, but we don't have yet. So let me know what you think about that. Getting into this topic, Did you hear the late Steve Jobs back in 2010 talking about iTunes and the iPods? He referred to new media or podcasting as Amateur Hour. That was on his September 1st, 2010 broadcast uh, live show. or Not live show, but yeah, that would be Amateur Hour to him if he did a live show. It was in his special press conference announcing iPods and iTunes and stuff like that. A lot of podcasters took this as both an insult and yet I think we need to realize it's also a bit of a truth. Now, yes, that was two years ago, but podcasting had been around for five years up until that point. And Steve Jobs announced that podcasts were available in iTunes and it was this big announcement many years ago. And that's what helped launch podcasts into not quite mainstream, but more mainstream media and made it a lot easier for people to get podcasts and find podcasts and listen to podcasts and synchronize and all of that. So iTunes did a lot. Well, five years later, then Steve Jobs is calling it amateur hour. But that statement also has some truth to it because you think amateur is the opposite of professional. So what are the things that don't make us sound professional? Because Many podcasters don't sound professional. And that's the problem is, yes, for many, it is amateur hour. Amateur is perception, really. It's not 
who you are or what you do. It's so much about the perception of you. You could be a professional at something or other, but if you don't sound like it, people aren't going to take you as a professional. So professionalism in a podcast comes down to multiple things, video or audio quality, your quality of your content, your consistency of posting, your presentation, how you present yourself and how you present the topic and the conversation, your experience. Yes, that does play into whether it sounds professional or amateur. And there are more things that go into that too of what professionalism is based on. But regardless of what kind of audio equipment you use, how you speak can make the difference between gaining or losing listeners for your podcast. And in many ways, this comes down to, if we're honest about it, whether you sound dumb or smart. And it's said that people who sound dumb, or maybe I should say it more softly by saying less intelligently. But there are two things that pretty much factor in what people consider to be someone who is less intelligent. Using a lot of filler words like, um, oh, uh, you know, um, I don't know, that kind of stuff that will make you sound dumb to people. Using a lot of them, by the way, I would say, not just any use of them, but using them a lot because a lot of people say it naturally, but using a lot of them is when it sounds like you're not very intelligent or drawn out as my co-host Jeremy is saying in the chat room. Yes. Um, but the other thing is speaking slowly is considered a way that people perceive you as less intelligent. And this would be the, the, slow kind of speaking slowly. This isn't referring to just pausing between your words, although that can take it into account as well, because I could tell you about something I'm really passionate about, but if I have so many pauses between my words, then you won't think I'm as knowledgeable about it. And you probably also got very irritated just now listening to that. And that's fine if you did. I hope you haven't turned me off yet. So there are these two things, using filler words and speaking slowly, that influence how people perceive you as being smart or dumb, if we're honest about the terms. So some of these you can fix in post-production, but it's very important. This is the most important thing, even though I'm going to tell you how you can fix this stuff in Audacity, or you could apply this to other audio editors as well. The most important thing, and the thing I want you to take from this, is fix yourself before fixing your podcast. Work really hard to try to overcome those verbal crutches, those accidents in your speech, the mistakes in your own podcast, in your own voice, before you try fixing those from your podcast. In fact, I would like, if you could, when you get a chance, go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 70, and I would love to hear from you. Maybe I'll even stick a poll in the post. I would love to hear from you 
your opinion of whether it it halts the conversation or the flow of a podcast if someone stumbles over a word, like mispronounces a word, stops and corrects themselves and then continues, or would you rather hear them just keep continuing? Because there are multiple areas of thought, and I've talked with others about this, and they have some disagreements and such too. Could it be where it sounds better if you, even if you stumble over a word, you just keep on going and don't even acknowledge it, or if you pause, correct your mistake, and then keep going? I'd love to hear from you about that because I have uh, an opinion that it's best to just keep going depending on the mistake. If it's a huge mistake and you don't make sense at all, then yes, you need to correct it. But if you've noticed, I sometimes have this thing of accidentally adding S's to words. It's really weird. And now that I've said that, you're going to notice it a whole lot more, but I notice it every time I do it. But many times I just feel like it's not worth it for me to stop, correct that, and move on. Because you you understood what word it was that I said, and you get the general gist of, gist of the conversation. Now, that's an example just there where I used the wrong word, so I wanted to correct it and use the right word for that phrase. So I'd love to hear from you on that. But fix yourself before you fix your podcast. Train yourself by listening to yourself. After you've recorded your podcast, go back and listen to it. Maybe even listen to some older episodes where you weren't thinking about it at all. Listen to some regular conversations of yourself, maybe not even your podcast. If you've ever done public speaking, then get a recording of that and listen or watch that as well. Look for those things that you do, the little mistakes, the verbal crutches, the habits that you fall into or patterns that you make in your speaking and learn to eliminate those things from yourself before trying to eliminate them from a recording. It's just like when we talked about noise removal back in episode 12, I believe that was, 10 or 12, episode 12 actually, theaudacitypodcast.com slash 12. When I talked about how to remove noise with Audacity, my main point in that was remove the noise before you record, and then you don't have to worry about removing it afterward. So the same thing applies with our speaking is remove it before you say it instead of trying to fix it afterward. We're all going to have these little mistakes and little things that we make, stumble over words, mispronounce something, say an occasional um or uh or you know. The main thing is you don't have to be perfect. You just don't want these things to become distractions for your content. If it's a distraction, then it needs to go if you can remove it. So look for things like your ums and uhs and other words that maybe you use a lot but aren't using properly. There's a joke about the use of the word literally where people use that just to emphasize a word when that's not actually what they should be saying. Like, I literally ran into the garage door this afternoon. Well, did I literally run into them or did I literally bump into someone at the store? Maybe I did, and that would be good. So look for those things that not just the regular filler words, but the things that you do incorrectly in your talking, things that you think are distractions and try to fix those things. It can take work, but when you can do it, 
you'll be much happier with the way that you sound. The easiest way to fix your problems, (laughs) that sounds so bad, to fix the things that you say that can be distractions is instead of saying them, pause. That's a great way to prevent from saying, um, or, uh, or anything like that. It comes from this idea, and many other podcasters have talked about this, that in radio, they don't want any dead airtime. There must always be sound, because what if someone tunes to that station and there's just silence for a moment? Then they might just skip past it. So in radio, they say no dead airtime, but in podcasting, it's, a li- it's okay. Just like regular conversation or presentations, you watch the best public speakers out there, And they are masters of timing. Comedians, too. Comedians actually are great public speakers because they have mastered the art of timing and interacting with an audience, and especially using the tool of humor. So look at these people, and you'll see that sometimes they'll make a statement, and they will just pause. Maybe they'll pause leading up to a statement as well as they gather their thoughts and make sure that they want to say that thing just right. These kinds of things can help you greatly in your speaking and help you to remove those ums and uhs and whatever word that you use in there. And then you can also look for other unnecessary words that you use or words that you use incorrectly or anything like that that might stand out to you. And you could try and correct those. But I would say find those things that are the distractions and remove them. And if it helps, carry a rubber band around your wrist and snap yourself every time you do it. I wouldn't recommend it while you're podcasting because the little snap can make it into the podcast recording, but it can sometimes help just to be a reminder to you to not use those words. So now let's talk about maybe you are still struggling a little bit with trying to remove these words from your language, or maybe you're good at this but you have a co-host or a guest who might not be so good. Whatever the case, especially if you have a special guest on your episodes, it's really important that you let them sound really good because they are the star of that episode. When someone is a guest on your show, they're the star, so they should sound the best. And even if you don't edit yourself, do consider editing them so that they sound better if they have a lot of pauses or ums or uhs and that kind of thing, consider taking that out of there so that they sound better. Or voicemail. I get voicemail a lot for a lot of different podcasts where the person, like this this one podcast uh, voicemail I got recently for, I think it was for the 100th episode of The Ramen Noodle, which by the way, 100 episodes. I'm really happy about that. You can check that out over at cleancomedypodcast.com slash 100. But over there, I got several voicemails and I always listen to voicemails before I play them. And I always enhance their audio, like the volume levels before I use them. But also, I'll do some minor editing. I tell people that your voicemail may be edited for clarity or brevity. I got this one voicemail where the person was pausing. So I fixed that for them. So they sounded a lot better. And it didn't sound awkward. Another voicemail where the person, it sounded like they might have been 
driving while they called because they kept getting distracted by something and there would be lawn um and then they'd continue so i removed those things so let's talk about first how to remove those filler words or verbal crutches again look for the things that are the distractions just having an occasional um or uh you know any word like that that's a filler word or a verbal crutch Sometimes they're quite all right. Don't think you have to be perfect. But some of them can really be distracting. I have stopped listening to some podcasts long ago where the host said, um, very obnoxiously, well, not obnoxiously, very distractingly, very often. It seemed like it was every few words that he would say would be, um, like, like that. It was almost louder than the rest of what he was saying. It was a very obvious, very loud, um, and drawn out. Whereas I've heard other podcasts where they'll be talking and they'll continue on saying something. I'm not sure if you caught it, but I just snuck in a little, uh, in there, but it was very minor, very smooth still. And even though it slightly broke up the speech, It wasn't a major distraction. You might not have even caught it because I just kept on going. So look for those things that really stand out. The way that you can do this is when you are in Audacity or your program and you start editing your audio, you may start to recognize some of these things because they tend to look the same in Audacity. I've recorded a sample audio clip that I'm going to use for both of these steps that we'll be using in this episode. So here's my sample audio. If you need podcast cover art, um, check out podcastcoverart.com. Subtle advertising. (laughs) But this is going to be our example clip. Yeah, like I said, subtle advertising. And you noticed right in the middle is that um. Um, And as I edit my audio or look at my audio more, I don't do so much editing anymore, but as I edit my audio, I've noticed that my ums, these ums that stand out, or anyone else's ums or uhs that I get used to editing, like some of my other co-hosts, I can see it in the waveform where it's the straight line and then the the little squiggly things. I will notice these things and actually be able to recognize them. So the more you edit it, the more you will see these and actually recognize it. And you can look at your waveform and see, oh, there's an um right there. I'm going to remove that. So doing this in Audacity or any audio editor is really easy. You just find that spot where it is. And the way that you would find your ums, if if you really want to go back and listen to your whole episode, you could do that to find your ums and uhs. I don't recommend that, but you could do that. So we'll say we put our cursor in here just somewhere in the middle and cover art. Um, check out. So there was my spot right there in the middle. So I put my cursor right to that clip and drag over it that section of the audio where I think the um is and I can press spacebar again or the play button to hear to make sure I grab the right spot. Um, so there's my um that I grabbed inside of Audacity. Now all I do is press 
delete. Keep in mind, though, if you are working with multiple tracks where you are in one track and your co-host is in another track, or maybe you have all the voices in one track and all of your sounds and music in another track, keep in mind any kind of multi-track editing. If you delete from one track, that will not reflow the other track unless in Audacity 1.3.13... I think it was that they just added this. Yes, I know I said, uh, they added a sync lock tracks feature that will then connect your audio tracks together. So if you delete something from one track, it removes it from your other tracks as well. It removes that amount of time. The other way you could do this, even if your audio editor doesn't have some way of syncing the tracks together is just if you select from one track drag your selection down to the other track so that you're selecting all of your tracks and then delete. But if you can't delete, like maybe you're fixing some crosstalk where you have a co-host or a guest and there's always that awkward thing where if you're not in person, you sometimes accidentally talk over each other because you don't know that the other person is right about to talk and they're waiting for you to talk, you're waiting for them to talk, then they start talking, then you start talking and it's, oops, and one of you continues. Well, an easy way that you could do this is you could select just your mistake, but what you would want to do instead of deleting it is you would want to silence it. In Audacity, you can silence audio by pressing Command-L on Mac OS X or Control-L on Windows and it will silence the portion of your audio that you have selected. If you have sync lock tracks enabled, or if you have multiple tracks, it won't change anything else other than just the section of the audio you have selected in just the track that you have it selected. If you select across multiple tracks and press Command-L or Control-L, it will silence everything you've selected. But this can be a great way to remove something without changing or offsetting your audio. So this is how you would go about simply removing those ums and uhs. If you really want to, again, this comes down to how perfect you want to be. Certainly don't try to remove those ums and uhs that are really close and tight inside of your words. Those can be very difficult to remove. And if you try to remove it, it will sound even worse than if you left it in. So I don't recommend removing every single um and ah. It's fine to leave some in. Just remove the ones that are major distractions if you want to. But then again, I really recommend that you get good at not saying them in the first place or getting better at flowing with your speech. But maybe you've gotten to that point where you are practicing really hard to instead of same saying um or uh or one of those words you just pause or maybe you're someone like me where when i'm trying to explain or i'm theorizing about something myself like i notice i do this a lot in my once upon a time podcast over at oncepodcast.com where I will be working through a theory as I'm talking and sharing this with someone else. 
So I end up with a lot of spaces between my words over there. You might be that same way, or you might be silencing yourself by yourself, not in audacity, but just you might be pausing instead of saying um or ah. So let's look again at this audio, my sample audio, now with the um removed, and let's listen to this. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So it's very slow, and it has all of these pauses in between it. You most likely won't sound like this. I am exaggerating this. But you could go through and select your silence, delete, select silence, delete, select silence, delete, select silence, delete, and all of that. And so I just did that just now with my audio clip, kind of looking at it, deleting some silence. And that is for an eight-second audio clip. But if you're working with a one-hour audio clip, you don't want to go through and delete every single silence. That's going to be a pain. Instead, there is a wonderful tool called Truncate Silence. I want to read an email from Bob Buford who sent this a long time ago. But he had been listening and wondered if I would someday cover this feature, which I'm covering today. Bob had written in saying, Hi, Daniel. First, your episodes have been great, and I look forward to a new one every Tuesday. I've learned much from you that I can pass on to faculty I support in lecture capture and course casting or podcasting lectures. In some of your past episodes, you have mentioned the issues of ums and ahs. Ray Ortega, he's, by the way, my friend over from thepodcastersstudio.com. That's two S's in the middle. Ray Ortega has also discussed dealing with ums and uhs in some of his episodes. The recommendation from both of you of practicing silence when gathering thoughts for both has been very helpful as I do a podcast series related to other consulting for an e-learning company. But I did find editing the silent spots out was a little tedious until I discovered da 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 truncate silence in audacity which really shortened post-production editing i went back to your first episode and you mentioned you would eventually tell us how to deal with the quiet spots were you planning on talking about truncating silence as an audacity tip anytime soon yes but it wasn't as soon as i'd planned i see the new adobe audition from mac has a delete silence function but considering the cost of audition seven times that of soundboard 2.0 which by the way soundboard is now a discontinued product i'll stay with audacity along with your secret sauce for dynamic compression i also found your suggestion save as a wave file and use itunes to encode to mp3 to be real helpful i was having problems with some of my episodes playing in a browser that were encoded with the lame mp3 encoder once i started encoding in itunes with the fraunhofer encoder the problems disappeared cheers bob our twitter handle is buford dr and i'll have a link to his twitter in the show notes at the slash 70 so the way that this truncate silence works it can be a little confusing when you first look at it and it doesn't function exactly the way you might expect when you first looked at it. 
Select your audio and go to the effect menu and click Truncate Silence. This is built into Audacity and I highly recommend that you be using the Audacity 1.3.14 beta for this as this is the version that includes the the more advanced and more refined version of Truncate Silence. Make sure that you also select your audio before doing this, otherwise it won't do anything for you. You'll find four options. Minimum silence duration, max silence duration, silence compression, and threshold for silence. And then you have the option to preview this while you're working on it. The preview can be a little bit difficult because you're only hearing things. You don't get to see it too while you're editing it. Let me explain for you what each of these options are because at first it might seem like you understand them and maybe you do, but they are a little bit different from what we would expect for these options. So the the minimum silence duration is the the shortest that your audio gaps, your silences could get. This is that when you run this filter on your audio, your silences will not be any shorter than this. But anything longer than this will be shortened or truncated with this tool. Your maximum silence duration is the setting of whatever the length of silence is, it will be truncated or shortened so that it is no longer than this. And these numbers are in milliseconds. So the default values are 200 milliseconds for minimum silence duration and 1000 milliseconds or one second for a maximum silence duration. The reason you need that maximum silence duration in there is let's imagine you have a long silence of 10 seconds. So when you go in there, and if you set your compression ratio, which I'll go ahead and explain what that is, the compression ratio determines how much it will compress that silence down, because it won't just make all silences the exact same amount. There is that way to do that, and I'll mention that in a moment, but this compression ratio determines that if you have, for example, an eight-second silence, and you have your compression set to four to one, then it will compress that eight-second silence down by ratio of four to one. So eight seconds compresses down to two seconds. But if your max silence duration is set at 1,000 milliseconds, or one second, then even though your eight seconds compressed by ratio of four to one, squeezes down to two seconds, that's longer than your maximum silence duration. So it will then still compress it even further into one second. So the one second max silence duration is the overall limit that no silence can be any longer than this. No matter how long the original silence was, no silence can be any longer than this, regardless of compression ratio. Your threshold for silence, the fourth option, is the setting of what is considered silence. We've talked about this before on issues of compressor limiter gates or noise removal. And this is 
how much noise is considered silence? Because whenever we record, there is some noise in the background. What is that level? That's what the threshold determines. So if you have a more noisy environment in the background, then raise the threshold up a little bit so that it will consider that little bit more noisy background to be silent. We'll put that in quotes. Silent audio because it is below that threshold. Anything above the threshold is considered noise. So as you work with this, you can play with these values and determine what would work best for you. So I will apply these default values of minimum silence duration, 200 milliseconds, max silence, 1,000 milliseconds, silence compression, 4 to 1, and the threshold for silence of minus 40 decibels. I'll apply that to my sample audio, and you can hear the difference that it makes. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So it did a pretty good job there. Now keep in mind the way that this is working Let's look at the options again and different ways that you could use this because there are many different ways you could make the truncate silence work best for you. When you come in, again, the minimum silence duration, anything longer than that will be shortened. Anything less than that won't be shortened. And this will apply globally to all of the audio that you have selected. So this this won't determine if it's a good pause or a bad pause. It's just based on how long do you have this, quote, silence in your audio. The maximum silence duration specifies the longest allowable resulting silence. So your maximum silence, your resulting silence rather, could be shorter than this, could be longer. If you want all of your silences to be the exact same length and not vary in any way, make the minimum silence and the maximum silence the same number because then that's saying anything above this number, which we'll say for our test, we'll say 200 milliseconds. So anything above 200 milliseconds will get shortened down and it will get shortened down by a compression of four to one, but that really doesn't make any difference because... I'm setting my maximum silence duration to 200 milliseconds, the same as the minimum. So no matter how long the silence is, it will shorten it down to 200 milliseconds. I just ran that here on my sample audio and listen to this. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. Now you hear some longer silences in there. Because if we were to look really closely at my sample audio, you would see some slight lip noises and a slight uh, sound that I did. And I did these intentionally because I wanted to demonstrate this. Those were above the threshold. So I would want to figure out what that level was or just play with my threshold setting by going back into effect and change the threshold. I'm going to raise my threshold since I know my audio is pretty clean. I'm raising it to minus 20, which is the highest it can go. So my threshold is now at minus 20 decibels, and it's ignored those slight lip smack sounds during the, quote, silence, 
and it considers it all to be silence. Here it is now with the new setting, minimum and maximum at 200 milliseconds, threshold at minus 20 decibels. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. Now it sounds a lot smoother, and you can't really tell that I pause too much. This can get a little unnatural sounding, because it really depends on how your pauses sound. This comes into how we communicate, because when we finish a sentence or when we stop talking, typically we stop in a certain way. Frequently, we'll slow down near the end of a statement or near the end of a just a word, or as we're pausing, we'll stop and continue on. So this sentence, even though we've shortened the silences in between, it kind of sounds like multiple sentences are just being strung really close together. Listen to it again and listen for that that I described to you. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So it has that slight effect, but that may or may not be that important to remove from the audio. That's up to you to decide what you want to remove, what you want to accept. But the most important thing that you want to keep in mind is don't let this get unnatural sounding or stilted where everything you say sounds like you're stringing a sentence together. You don't want it to sound like that. So play with these settings for your own voice to determine what sounds best for you and what you think would be the easiest for your listeners to listen to. But let's look at some of the other settings and ways that we could use this as well. So just to remind you, here's that sample audio again. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So now let's consider that compression ratio and understand that a little bit more. In the compression ratio setting, this is determining, or the silence compression rather, this is determining how much to compress it. Like I said, if you have a four to one, it'll get shortened down by a factor of four to one, but it won't be any longer than your maximum silence duration. So if you have an eight second silence and you want it to get shortened down four to one, you don't want it to fall into that maximum silence duration thing then increase your maximum silence duration. So an 80-second silence, hopefully you don't have one of those, but an 80-second silence would get shortened down to 20 seconds if your maximum silence duration is high enough for that. And keep in mind, these numbers that you're entering are milliseconds, not seconds. So 1,000 is one second. If you want your silences to be just cut in half, which half to... Four to one are are good numbers. Two to one, all the way up to four to one are pretty good numbers, depending on how you set your maximum silence duration and what you're looking for. Because especially two to one can cut your silences in half, but not do it in a way that's too close. So using my same audio sample, now I've turned the results back to almost their defaults, minus or minimum silence duration of 200 milliseconds, max of 1000, silence compression of 2 to 1, threshold is minus 20 decibels. I run that now, so it's only going to compress my silence in half. It turned a 
13 and a quarter second clip to a nine and a quarter second clip. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So the silences are now half what they were before because I set that ratio of two to one. We could increase this ratio, but keep in mind that if your silences are ending up being too long, it might not be the ratio that you want to correct. Or if your silences end up being too short, it might not be the ratio you correct. It might want You might want to correct the range that you're looking at. So either raise your minimum silence or lower or raise your maximum silence. But let's just for fun, let's change the compression to eight to one. We'll be really aggressive with how much we compress. I'm still leaving the other numbers. So the minimum silence duration is 200 milliseconds. Max is 1000. But a silence compression of eight to one brings it to something much shorter. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. So I like keeping a nice ratio in there instead of saying everything must not be over a certain number of milliseconds. Most likely, if you have a long pause, you have a reason for that pause. Maybe. Keep in mind comedic timing and such. Like there might be a moment where you want to make an amazing point and just let it sink in like that. Or you might be doing some kind of comedy thing where the fact that there's silence is what makes it funny because it's an awkward silence of, all right, who here wants free ice cream? Oh, okay. Well, I guess free ice cream wasn't that popular with us. That kind of thing. Sometimes those silences are good to have in the chat room is now saying, I do. (laughs) By the way, I do this live every Tuesday at on uh, every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time over at noodle.mx slash live. So these longer pauses, you may not want to go through and find all of them, but keep in mind that compression ratio thing. So this is where if you have a long pause, it'll be shortened, but not completely shortened. It's a ratio thing. So it's running math on it and determining based on how long it was, how long will it be? And then the threshold for silence is, well, play with your audio. Keep in mind that this is not removing noise. It's just shortening what it would consider silence. Now, a couple examples that you could use for this or ways that you could use this in your workflow. And this comes from the Audacity manual. And I'll have a link to this in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 70. Some of the examples are the simple usage. It says setting up Setting both the minimum and maximum lengths to 5 milliseconds will truncate the silence to 5 milliseconds. This is less than the length of detectable silence, so we'll effectively eliminate it. Now, just out of curiosity, let's run that on my sample audio. So a minimum and maximum of 5 milliseconds on my audio. This then completely ignores the compression ratio because it's not there. And just looking at my sound, it compressed my, I think it was 13 and a quarter second audio down to two and three quarter seconds 
Here it is. Listen to this. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. That sounds terrible. That's an example of overdoing this a lot because it's removing every single silence of anything that's longer than five milliseconds. Even the slight silences between words, it was removing those as well. So that's an example of way too much. But if you want to completely remove the silence, that's a way to do it. A second example, using the max length only. Set the compression factor to one, which is effectively disabling it. Now any silence longer than both the minimum and maximum length will be reduced to the maximum length. This would work for if you know that you want your all of your silences to always be no longer than a second, we'll say. So what we would do is pick our audio and go in again to the truncate silence. We'll set our minimum silence to 200 milliseconds. Maximum silence we'll set this time to 500 milliseconds and silence compression to one. So this is disabling the compression. It won't compress it at all. But what it will do is anything longer than 200 or 500, it will shorten down to 500 milliseconds. I run that on my audio, and here's the result. If you need podcast cover art, check out podcastcoverart.com. That cut it in, yeah, in about half that clip there from 13 and a quarter seconds to just under seven and a half seconds. A third example is proportional length only. Set the maximum to some large value like 1 million or 100,000 or something really big. Now the part of any silence greater than the minimum length will be compressed by the compression factor. So this is if you want no limit on how long your silence is, but you do want to compress it in half, uh, you want to compress it down to a quarter of what it was, whatever ratio you want, you could do this, make the maximum something so far out there that the maximum won't even be factored in, and it will always compress anything that's longer than your minimum silence by your ratio only, regardless of what your maximum setting is. Then you could get into something even more complicated, which I'm not going to explain over audio because you need to see the math for this, but it refers to proportional truncation with compression factor. And it uses a formula, and I'm not going to give you a formula over an audio podcast, but you can check this out. I'll have the link in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 70. And the basics of this is that it will shorten your audio running multiple multiplications and divisions and mathematical equations, shorten your audio to a certain result. So you can look at that and see if you care about that or maybe not. Some things to keep in mind when using truncate silence, though, because this can be a great tool, but it can also really mess things up for you if you don't use it right. Don't apply this to anything that fades in or fades out, because just like compression, this is based on a noise floor or what it's considering silence. So if you have audio that fades in and fades out, it's slowly going to that threshold and slowly going past the threshold. 
So your truncate silence would consider some of that fading in and fading out to be silence. So you would want to run this before you have any fades in and fade outs. So don't run this on a music track or or wait to do your fading and in and out until after you've run the truncate silence. And by the way, I also recommend if you're going to remove your ums and uhs, do that before you try a truncate silence because otherwise you'll end up with the extra silences from your ums and uhs combined. Select all of your audio tracks that you're going to process. If you select just one, you will end up with some seriously offset audio. Imagine where you are on one audio track and your co-host or guest is on another audio track. If you run the truncate silence on just your track, it may compress you down from one hour to 45 minutes, but it leaves your co-host at one hour. If you then compress or truncate the silence in their track, it might go down to maybe similar, maybe shorter, maybe longer. But the main thing is, it will not line up. If you process the tracks separately, they will not line up at all. So you'd want to select all of those tracks that you're going to edit and do them together. This is smart enough so that if you have multiple tracks selected, it looks at the silence between the tracks. So if I'm just going to take an example here of offsetting my audio, I just duplicated my audio and I'm offsetting it a little. Now this is going to sound weird, but this will demonstrate the purpose for this. If if you need podcast, you need podcast cover art, cover art, check out. We'll work with just that. So when we hear this, you heard that gap in there, and there's also some talking back and forth. These are two tracks. So when I then run truncate silence on this, and I'll just return this to the default values of 200 milliseconds, 1,000 milliseconds, and 4 to 1 ratio, and I'll leave the threshold higher. Then when I run this, it does look at the silences between the tracks, and it will only truncate the silence if there's silence in all of the tracks I have selected. So it doesn't offset my audio at all. That way it doesn't shorten one voice on top of another voice. It will only shorten what is silent between both of the tracks. Keep in mind, don't run this on your sounds track if you have a sounds or a music track. You might just want to edit that yourself and move it to where you need it to be. If you have fade-ins and fade-outs, that is. If you don't, then you might be okay. Then also, very, very important, test this before you publish it because you might run a certain filter on it, just assuming it'll do it right. Then you go back and listen to yourself and you sound disjointed, you sound over-edited, people listening to you don't get that kind of pause between your words, between your sentences, any of that. You might be very hard to listen to if you over-process this. So make sure that you listen to yourself so that you can be the smooth talking still, but not have a lot of these pauses that you don't want in there. You might be wondering, do I run this? No, I don't. I've considered it a couple times before because in a podcast that I have, where or multiple podcasts I have where it's more than just me, 
there might be a moment where it's a silence of someone talking or it, it can get a lot harder the more people you have going because the silences being removed might make it also hard to tell if you remove the silences or shorten them at all it might be hard to tell what's going on or the conversation is going by way too fast so try this test it and keep these warnings in mind but also don't overdo trying to look for perfection or don't overdo perfection these are just tools that you can use to enhance your audio make it better for you and easier for you and for your listeners But if you're spending hours removing every um and ah, or if you're spending hours trying to figure out the perfect truncate silence setting to save time, then you're not saving time. And then this is becoming more of a distraction and a hindrance to your publishing a new episode. So take this and look at how you can apply it in your workflow in a way that will help you not create more work for you. Don't go after perfection. Go after a smooth presentation and being more understandable and easier to listen to. But also recognize that sometimes solid silence is powerful. So it really comes down to whether you are controlling your words before you say them or before they're recorded, or if you're relying on the ability to fix them later. I highly recommend that you learn how to fix yourself before fixing your podcast. But in the meantime, you can use some of these tools to fix your podcast. Like if you're good at not saying um and us, but you pause, well, then truncate silence might be for you. Let me know what you thought about this and what are some of the things that you do to make yourself sound more professional in your podcast, whether it be a certain editing technique or something you remove, or if you want to just mention what your verbal crutches are in your podcast, please let's start a conversation over in the show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 70. And when you're over there, please look at the social sharing options. You can like it on Facebook, tweet it out, you can stumble it, you can Google Plus it, all of that. Please press all of my buttons. I like that when people press all of my buttons on my website. So please go over there to theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 70. And if you're not already subscribed to the show, please subscribe in iTunes or whatever your podcast directory of choice is and leave a rating and review there if you could. And I would greatly appreciate that. I would love to hear your feedback on some future ideas or what you'd like me to cover in a future episode, especially if it's audacity focused. So go to the audacity and you can click the send a voice message tab or link, or you can call in to 903-231-2221 to leave a voicemail under three minutes long, or email the the show to feedback at the audacity And you can send an audio file that way, too, if you would like. 
So check out the podcast over at theaudacitypodcast.com and check out the other stuff that we're doing in the Noodle Mix Network with the Once Upon a Time podcast, having a lot of fun with that. And our Clean Comedy podcast, which is past 100 episodes. It's hard to believe. Get all the show notes for this episode and some of the links that I mentioned at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 100. And hopefully this will make you sound a lot more professional and smarter in your podcasting so that if Steve Jobs was still around, he wouldn't be looking at your podcast and calling it Amateur Hour. Please follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. If you need any website design or podcast cover art, please give me a call. Any of the regular feedback means or phone numbers will work too. And now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. So you're not sounding like amateur hour. Thanks, Steve Jobs. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts like Clean Comedy, Christian Movie Reviews with Critical Thinking, Christian Worldview, and Once Upon a Time TV Show Podcast over at noodle.mx. That's the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, where there are tons of podcasts about technology from some awesome people, and all of those podcasts are family-friendly, which is great. I love that. So go over to techpodcasts.com and check it out.